this week's episode of the happy psychic i'm joined by cc and we're talking about how to be our best selves in order to attract that love in week's episode of the happy psychic i am your host your guiding light Gemma lonsdale and today i am joined by cc hi cc it's really good to have you on the show hello thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here it is a pleasure to have you now you are a life coach a content creator podcaster singer songwriter Mm -hmm. i am just that's too long a list for me to uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to define is really to limit so we're just going after it all in this lifetime and we're gonna see where we land <laughs> now for anybody that doesn't follow you on tiktok a lot of your content is about empowering women to be their best selves and really helping them love themselves in order to attract and manifest love in and the things that they want in life would mm-hmm. you say that that is a good summary yeah i really focus on helping people unbecome who they are not so they can fully embody who they came into this incarnation to be. And that's really the key to existence in my eyes is fully tapping into your unique, authentic vibration because the moment you do that, that's when you start attracting all the things that are uniquely meant for you. The right people, the right places, the right opportunities. But when we create this role in order to get validation, in order to get love, in order to get acceptance, we still attract, but it's not going to be the things we want to attract. It's going to be the things we think we have to get. It's going to be the things that are almost a fit, but not really. And we end up with this reality where we feel unfulfilled and not happy. And we think we just got a bad deck of cards, just not great dice, when really it's about the point of our attraction. And when you shift what you're doing internally, everything externally will shift with you. That's so funny though, isn't it? Because we there's so many things that we do to appease other people yeah. without even realizing it. Like there's so many social constructs that we try to adhere to, mm-hmm. you know, trying to please our parents and our mm-hmm. family members and trying to please, like if we're trying to attract a man into our life yeah. or a woman into our life, like mm-hmm. trying to be the person that they want us to be rather than actually focusing on who we should be and who we want to be. Yeah, and I the most interesting thing really to me is when this actually starts. Because most of us, when we're dating, we're thinking, why do I keep attracting this type of person? Why are all my relationships ending in the same emotional outcome? And we are thinking maybe there's something we are doing currently that is a problem. Or maybe it's all men suck, something like that. But really what it is, is you have to go, all the way back to the drawing board as soon as we are born we instinctively know we need to get love affection all from our caretaker not only that but we need them to nurture us we need them to hold us we need them to take care of us so as soon as we are born we already start thinking okay what do i have to do in order to get my caregiver's attention do i cry a lot does that work okay let me do that does crying too much not work let me reel that back in we are so much smarter than we give ourselves credit and once we start 
creating this role of who we have to be in order to get affection and touch and care from our caregiver, that doesn't stop. Now we're a toddler and maybe we have siblings and we're thinking, okay, what roles are already taken? Is the goody two shoes already taken? Then maybe I need to be the class clown. Maybe I need to act out in order to get attention because negative attention is still uh, attention. We really figure out who we have to be based on our caretaker and whatever caretaker we crave love from the most, usually what we do is we'll copy and paste that dynamic over and over and over and over in our adult intimate relationships in hopes that we can redo that original dynamic but this time get it right so this starts so much earlier than we realize we have the power though to go back into our memory to understand okay Who did I crave love from? How did I have to be? Who did I think I had to be? What did I think I had to do? Those are the golden nuggets to change our life. It's crazy because one of the things that I notice with people whenever I'm doing, because I am a healer, Mm -hmm. but I guess a lot of my healing now rather than the hands-on energy healing Mm -hmm. tends to come with my words, like, you know, through my mediumship. And there's so many people that come to me for spiritual guidance on their love life and, you know, life in general. And why do I keep hitting against these obstacles? Why does he not want me? You know, what do I need to do to attract love in? And there's so much of our healing is deep rooted in Mm. our childhood and there might be like a certain person or a situation that comes onto our path to reflect back on us what we need to Mm. heal but it's usually it's it's usually just the trigger the root is so much deeper so Mm. how you articulated that was very very eloquently um because you know it's it's something that we overlook and we Mm. feel to see the pattern and we get so I suppose so enmeshed in the whole I want to find love I want this person to like me I want these people to like me I want to be wanted Mm -hmm. that we forget actually what the source of that is that we need to address that in order to be able to attract the right thing into us yeah yeah I always say it's not the dude it's the dynamic because most of us are emotionally addicted to either the roller coaster or it being 90% really toxic and unhealthy and I went through that myself so I feel for people I understand it feels like your skin is crawling when this dynamic is being triggered and it's not going the way you wanted it to go since you were a kid and when that happens you become obsessed with the person in front of you whoever your partner is but it's not the dude or the woman of course it's the dynamic it's the dynamic Mm -hmm. that you have wanted that you're craving it's the same thing as if you were addicted to drugs or alcohol we get addicted to dynamics and the same exact chemicals are released adrenaline cortisol and our body once we get that chemical cocktail we want that chemical cocktail again for the rest of our life so Mm -hmm. it's a very physical spiritual emotional there's so many levels to healing yourself and to finding a mate that maybe doesn't make you feel oh my god I have all these butterflies and all these things going through my body because a lot of time that is that chemistry is us recognizing trauma instead of that maybe we try something new and we go for the person who's kind who has a lot of our same morals a lot of our same values they might not make you feel like you're falling off a building the first three times you meet but that slow burn what I've seen usually is the best sort of love 
Mm-hmm. It's funny because my um, I have a friend of mine who's always very insistent that I need to give men more of a chance. Mm-hmm. But I am just so intuitive that I'm just like, no, I know, I know mm-hmm. he's not mine. I know he's not for me, or I know that he's he's mine. I have got it wrong in the time. <laughs> I got it wrong. Of course I do. <laughs> Well, Maybe I need to question that. <laughs> it's, that's such a good point. You are literally a psychic medium. Sometimes we translate our own messages wrong because, mm-hmm. yeah, the message might be there, but us on the other end, we also have chemicals wrapped up in our intuition. So yeah. it's sometimes really hard to decipher, wait, is, is this what I think it is or is this yeah. something else? So. If this beautiful, talented psychic medium sometimes can translate it wrong, I translate it wrong all the time too. We all can do it. And I think it's so important to, I believe, get down on a piece of paper, not necessarily what you want in that other person, but how you want them to make you feel. If you want to feel safe, if you want to feel calm, if you want to feel excitement with them, getting that down and then while you're meeting people after the date, going and looking at your list and say, okay, did this person make me feel like this? Uh, Did they have some of the attributes, the same morals that I have? Sometimes we do need to add a little structure to our dating life because there are so many emotions and chemicals that can push us in different directions mm-hmm. that bringing a little masculine energy to what you're looking at might be helpful with a list. Mm-hmm. And it's, I always think as well, it's very hard sometimes for us to really tune into our intuition and to differentiate between intuition, ego, you brought mm-hmm. another thing in there, trauma. Yeah. So it can be really difficult for us to feel those different sensations in our bodies and actually interpret which one it is that we're feeling we're not always 100% sure and we can get it wrong and it mm-hmm. takes practice and practice to to get that right um but yeah we're, we're not always going to be right but as you say like having that list of things that you want to be able to feel with somebody yeah. I always encourage people whenever they're going out to manifest love you know tell spirit what you want what you want mm-hmm. in a person what you want in a relationship but yeah. actually that that is brilliant advice for somebody to actually think okay what do I want to feel whenever I'm with this person you know and is this you know person I'm dating or these future people that I'm dating are they matching up to that yeah because yeah, you it's easier to go back to what do I know what do I'm used to what is my type because we've had that so many times and that's very much at the forefront of our brain but when we start interrupting that and saying okay maybe I had really unhealthy connections where partners were really distant but I don't want to feel distance. I don't want to feel like my partner is a hundred miles away. I want to feel close to this person. I want to feel like if I need them, I can call on them. So I think that coming from a thinking point of view can help us and a feeling point of view can help us when we have thought and felt the same way for so long, we need a new, a new plan to -hmm. go into, to start shifting how we're attracting and who we're aligning with. And also I really believe what you think about and what you question about and what you talk about, that's what you're going to find. What you look for is what you're going to find. So if you keep talking about, thinking about, feeling about people of your past, that just makes it easier to keep replicating that same dynamic. Mm -hmm. Start talking about, even if you don't fully believe it yet, start talking about, oh, well, this would be really amazing to have. And oh my God, I would feel amazing this sort of dynamic because then you're going to start to encode new neurological pathways that are going to start to look for different connections. So it's it's really, it's a lot, but it can be a process. You just do one thing at a time 
And instead of getting overwhelmed because it can be, I would just get curious about what's possible and take it that route. I don't know if you have this same experience with your clients as well, Mm -hmm. but one of the things that was really brought to my attention recently was whenever we're on the dating market, that we see the potential in somebody, you know, we're like, we're empathic, we're in touch with our femininity. And this goes for men as well as, as women as well. But like, we can be so in touch with, you know, and in tune with our feminine nature, that we're, you know, we're seeing the potential in this person, we see them at a soul level rather than the person that they are in front of mm-hmm. us. And we're hoping that, you know, well, they can change, you know, I see, I see their, you know, I see their soul, but the reality is that their path might not be set to change. So we have mm-hmm. to take people on face value whenever we meet them and, and see them in the physical world rather than their spiritual soul self that mm-hmm. we might catch a glimpse of. Yeah. I, I, totally see that all the time and I I always like to think that if someone's gonna change let them be inspired to change on their own and we can't make other people's problems our problems because that's when we're falling into codependency and people pleasing so as soon as we start becoming more concerned about that person's life path than they're concerned we've crossed a major line that we want to run away from I think there's a huge difference between being someone who produces solutions for someone versus being someone who produces support and when we see someone and we know okay they can their potential is so up there but if you're not enjoying what you're currently seeing that's not going to work if you're enjoying what you're currently seeing and you think they have potential that's another story because as divine feminine we're very nurturing energies and we can support that person while they're doing what they're doing and they can also support us so i think that if there's nothing there off the bat i wouldn't i wouldn't tell someone keep poking keep prodding keep helping them but if you all if you do have a connection to them and you are loving what you're currently seeing and you have a knowing that they could be more i think you can come at it from a point of I can be that supportive person for you while you're on your mission and you can be that supportive person for me because every single one of us, regardless of gender, we're all growing. We're all on this spiritual journey. We might not be all growing in the same direction, but we're growing in a direction and we're all shifting and we're all changing. So there's going to be points of transformation along that person's journey and yours, but they could possibly also change in a direction you're not so happy about. So I think that looking at what's in front of you is very important, not romanticizing them, not filling in the blanks for who you want them to be, but seeing who they are and not making their problems yours. You know, you are a whole entire human being. You have possibly your own career, your own life, your own friends, your own school, your own hobbies, your own activities. That is what needs most of your attention. And then when you get into a relationship with someone, I feel like so many of us feminine energies have almost been programmed to give some of those things up to make the divine masculine happy, to make them feel comfortable. And I think when we do that, we start building up a lot of resentment towards them. And we're thinking, well, I'm giving you all of me and I'm not getting that same energetic exchange. So if you can focus on all the things you want to focus and be a supportive person for that, uh, for your partner, then I think it's fine. But if you're 
giving up your life and taking on their problems, I think that is just not a path you want to go down. Yeah, it's funny. I wonder, like, where does that actually come from? That mm-hmm. um, need to put somebody else first above mm-hmm. ourselves, because that is like a really significant struggle I see with people. Yeah. That, um, and it is a large amount of women, but it's also some of the men that come mm-hmm. to me. Now, I don't really have a large portion of men that come to me. Mm-hmm. It is mostly women, or certainly men that are more in touch with their femininity, but like they're they're struggling like they're really struggling for the most part to put themselves first and it's like how did we how did we get into this situation where we're putting everybody else's needs above our own yes we're the nurturing force but Mm. that doesn't mean that we need to go without surely yeah I think what I think it comes down to a lot of the time is yes how we are taught we have to be with our caregiver so if our caregiver is an alcoholic you might have to learn that okay I have to grow up a little bit faster I need to be the caretaker for my little siblings and also the caretaker for my parent and I have to put other people first and when I do that there's less stress in the home there's less commotion and everyone ends up happy so I think it's one something we learn Two, a way to kind of control circumstance so it doesn't unravel in a way that's going to cause confrontation or chaos. And three, I think it comes down to our animalistic part of us of we are social animals. We are social beings and we want to run in a pack. It, mm-hmm. It's just in our blood. It's in our ancestry If one of our ancestors were to go off on their own and try to pick the berries and build their little hut and make their clothing and hunt, they couldn't do all of that by themselves in unknown climate. They would die. So there's a part of us that's literally imprinted in us from our ancestors that a weakness is being off on your own. And you want to make sure that you have a pack to run with because it is survival of the fittest that we got this, that if you stay in your pack, you will survive. There will be someone to go pick the berries. There will be someone else to go make the clothing or whatever it may be. We have this knowingness of I need to be in a pack. If I need to be in a pack, I need to be socially included. I need to be accepted. Where am I starting to look for my validation? Certainly not within, but outside of ourselves. And I think that is one of the biggest things that is just our instinct to automatically say, I need to be taken care of. I need to ensure safety in this earth realm. How do I do that? Oh, social inclusion. Oh, I got to see how they are looking at me and then I'll manipulate myself in order to be liked. And then once you put that caregiver dynamic on top of that, I think it's just a really easy recipe to look outside of yourself. Yeah. And there's so many of us that are overgivers as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, we're giving in order to receive, like women often give mm-hmm. sex in order mm-hmm. to receive love. Mm-hmm. And we do that so much like subconsciously whenever that and I'm not saying everybody does that but I know that it is a fault of a lot of us where we're giving something in order to receive that like love or that validation or that desire from another Mm -hmm. person and actually just being is enough like Mm -hmm. us and all of our glamour and glitz Mm -hmm. and everything else like we we need to get to the stage where we realize that actually we are just enough Mm -hmm. as we are absolutely yeah no it that is the goal girl that is the goal (laughs) I think that would help a lot of us and that's it's interesting because I notice on a lot of my content 
I will say, you know, here are my self laws. Love yourself and other people will love you too. Treat yourself well. Other people will treat you well too. Respect yourself. Other people will respect you too. And I'll have people in my comments saying, this is so narcissistic. This is so selfish. And that just goes to show me where society is that loving yourself and putting yourself first no wonder why people are afraid to do it you you get yelled at if you do it you get yelled at that you're selfish that you are not in service to others that you are not helpful you get told that you are a bad person if you focus on yourself not by everybody Mm -hmm. but a lot of people and i thank god that i'm strong enough to be like honestly that's fine with me (laughs) but I know self-love is not selfish and I'll do this all day I think that once you taste how good it feels to focus on yourself you're not gonna want to go back but I remember when I was literally in high school and I was so afraid to post a cover on YouTube of me singing because I was so nervous about how it'd be received by my peers And every day I would wake up and I wanted to be a performer so bad. I wanted to go into singing so bad and I wanted to share it because I felt like this is my thing. And every day I would stop myself because I was afraid about what they would think. And one day I kind of just said, (laughs) throwing it all to the wind, I'm doing it. I had one second of courage. I swear it was one second. And I just posted and it was the best feeling I've ever had in my life up to that point. And I realized that going after what you want to go after will feel so good. I promise you, you're not going to care what people think as much after you just take that initial step. But before that, when your dreams are in theory and not in action, they're a lot scarier because your feet are not on the ground. Get yourself grounded. Take one step. Do one thing for yourself. You'll taste it. You'll feel it. You'll hear it. Oh my God, that is going to fill you up. You're going to be so less concerned about what other people have to say once you just start going after it. Yeah, I completely agree. And like authenticity, it's like the secret sauce. Mm -hmm. It's like that Big Mac sauce that tastes really good (laughs) that you know you shouldn't have. Well, Mm -hmm. you don't think you should have. Mm -hmm. But it's like the secret ingredient that just Mm -hmm. makes the burger what it is. And I think that we are, I don't know, we're just so focused towards fitting with society that Mm -hmm. And we're so worried about what everybody else thinks that we never really stop to think, okay, well, what do I think? What do I want? Um, And whenever we start, like I, it was one of probably the biggest turning points that I had in my life. Whenever I started to worry less about pleasing others, and this includes like family members and everything as well. It wasn't just like the potential men in my life, but whenever I started to focus on pleasing me, and doing what worked for me and not paying attention yes there was like a period of discomfort whenever I was coming around to that idea of thinking and dipping my toe in the in the water and it was so far outside of my comfort zone that it seemed like such a far stretch to be able to do that but whenever I took that leap it just got easier and easier and easier and as you say it's like an addiction it's just like you can't get enough of it and now my pace and my solitude is so important to me that yes of course I I would welcome love with the right person but it would need to be with the right person because I'm so happy and content with where I'm at now that I wouldn't sacrifice that or sell myself short just for the sake of getting validation I'm not interested in validation because I'm able to validate myself 
and mm-hmm. I want a partner like I want somebody that is an equal mm-hmm. but it has taken a long time to reach that stage yeah. you know I would have lowered my standards and lowered my expectations where men were concerned yeah because I thought oh but he's he's a really good one I can see his potential I really like him he gives me butterflies mm-hmm. You know, I could see something forming with this person, but mm-hmm. um, once I stopped lowering my standards and pleasing other people, it was like a game changer. Yeah, a game changer. Oh my gosh! And I think, like, to speak to your point of it can be difficult sometimes. I I'm with my partner now. It's either six and a half or seven years. I don't even know. A long time. And um, we dated initially for three years. And then we had a year where we broke up. And I literally, I knew it was divine timing. I need, I knew I needed space. I knew there was a lot of things going on with me. At that time, I was anxious, depressed, just miserable. And the reason being is because I was still in my role rather, in, rather than in my authenticity. And I needed a year off of our connection. It hurt like hell. I figured out I had codependency and anxious attachment and all these things. But that year allowed me the space to finally hear myself. Because for three years, I heard him louder than I heard myself. And before that, for me, my caregiver was my mom that I was really attached to. And I could hear her voice louder than I could hear my own. And having that space of I need to find myself I need to figure out what my purpose is I need to figure out what I like what my voice is what I don't like what are my opinions what do I even value do I have a hobby do I know who this person is that I came here to be having that year off really helped me transition into who I actually am and one of the things I did during that time and still do to this day is before making a decision I don't make rest rash decisions I take a pause anytime someone asks me do you want to go here do you want to do this how do you feel about this I take a pause and check in with myself to make sure that my answer is really my answer and when I think about my answer I'll know if it's a yes or a no based on the emotion that is conjured up so if I'm thinking yes, I'll go to this party, but it's making me feel terrible, then I know that my answer is going to be no. So having that space and trusting your trusting your journey, because during that, that year off, I had no idea would we get back together, would we not? I don't freaking know. I don't know what our journey is going to look like. I didn't know if he was my person or not. And at that point, I just fully trusted God. Do what you need to do. I'm ready. Let's go. And um, And we ended up realigning so also understanding if you need some time away from your partner you need to take a break you need to refocus on you that's okay that's okay to do I still loved my partner a lot of me still wanted to be with him but when your intuition is screaming at you that you are really disconnected with your own body and self that needs to take that needs to take the number one role in your life that needs to take the first place that needs to take all of your attention because a transformation is trying to ensue and it will either ensue in a pleasant way or it might ensue in a not so pleasant way if we're kicking and screaming and resisting that transformation. Yeah. And as well for people who have kids, it's the exact same thing. You know, if we Mm -hmm. are finding that we need to like fill our own cup and if we're mm-hmm. feeling like we have nothing left to give a person, that mm-hmm. goes for our children as well. Like we're not giving them the best of us. So mm-hmm. we need to find a way to 
to get back in touch with ourselves really um there was a reading actually that i did this morning and um one of the questions that the girl was asking was how does she turn up better in her friendships mm. and my spirit guide had said to her you need to focus on yourself first mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to tell people you know what I need some time away I need to you know recuperate I need to you know journal I need to focus on myself and then turn up whenever your cup is filled mm -hmm. and you can then give them what they need but you can't just continue to give to other people whenever you're not giving to yourself and giving enough to yourself in return and I thought wow that's like really sage advice mm -hmm. um, and one that can carry into all of our relationships and all of the connections that we have in life you know we don't need to show up for our friends that's not what friendship is it's not mm -hmm. just showing up regardless mm -hmm. you know we need to be putting ourselves first and getting into a habit of putting ourselves first regardless of the the situation yeah and if you think about it I know myself when I'm not filling up my cup and I'm not so fun to be around when I'm in that version of me. So if you think about wanting to be a good friend and a partner, you're not your best self when you're not filling up your own cup. We're grouchy, we're annoyed, we're a little bit sticky and icky and that's not going to allow relationships to really prolong. If you want to have all these amazing connections, you have to have that great connection with yourself or at least be working on it, you know, trying to have that connection with yourself. And something I really have learned and noticed and that I teach is you don't get people to like you through force. You don't make people see your worth. You can't push someone into liking or loving you. How we actually get people to us and to like us and connect with us and drawn to us is through inspiration. When we inspire them to be near us because we're embodying our happiest self that is like a light switch in someone off in someone else it's like oh my god I want to turn on that light switch in myself I want to turn on that amazing happiest part of myself so I can also feel that you are like that quote unquote celebrity energy when you're embodying your happiest best best self and other people, like a fan would be to a celebrity, is going to want to go towards you because they're seeing something in you that they also want to turn in on them in, in themselves. And they're seeing this bright light. That is what is, is drawing people towards you. That is what gets people obsessed with you. That is what really happens in a person when they are coming towards you and they and you're feeling their energy towards you that is what's going on they're seeing something in you and the beautiful ironic thing is we're so focused about the things outside of ourselves. but the one thing that is the most magnetic thing you can do is just embody your best self your happiest self or the version of yourself that is getting there and that is what is really going to magnetize your energy and that is very true. That yeah. is like so true. I and mean, we do need to like embody that in order to just become magnets. Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose the big question mm -hmm. for all of these people out there who are looking for love and who are hoping to find their person um, and I can understand that it, it can be challenging being single whenever we want to find that love. 
But at the same time, we want to reach that stage where we're actually okay. It's like, you know, I'm very happy with where I'm at. You know, the love would be a bonus. It's not an essential requirement. But what can people do in order to attract that love to themselves or that perfect partner, that soulmate, you know, whatever it might be? I think a lot of people when they're dating and they're not finding a good mate, they'll tell themselves, okay, in order to get over this person, I need to get on top of someone else. And I always say, do not do that. Instead, get into yourself and date yourself. You need to find out what you like, what you don't like, what you value, what you don't care about. And when you start refining your vibration, it only makes it so much easier for you to attract someone in a similar vibration you actually like. Date yourself. And what that actually means, I, yeah, literally mean take yourself out on a date to a new restaurant. I would always take my notebook. Uh, an audiobook, a meditation, and I would take a blanket and I would go by this local harbor near my house and I would sit by the water every single day. If I needed to cry, I would cry. If I wanted to journal that day, I was going to journal. And I would do what I needed to do, but I had this, it was 7 p.m. every single day, I would go to this harbor and that was my date time, dating CC time, that's it. I also would take myself out on trails. I would go to just random bookstores that I was interested in going to. I would try new recipes, go to the food store, get a new recipe, ground myself. I signed up for yoga class. I would read new books, listen to TED Talks. There are actionable steps you can take right this second. You don't need to wait for someone else. You don't even need any money to do this. You can literally just take yourself outside and sit outside and be in nature for 20 minutes and listen to a YouTube meditation. So date yourself to learn who it is you are. Experiment with the things you've always been wanting to do. Is there something that you felt like you've always wanted to try, whether it's dancing or singing, one of these hidden hobbies that might just alter your whole entire life? There's a golden nugget in that too of I've always wanted to try dance and then you try dance and you meet your best friend and you meet all of your soulmates and then they invite you to a party and then you meet your romantic partner. You just don't know how it's all going to unfold. But I personally believe that we have certain things embedded in our heart that is part of our journey. And when you listen to those little desires, those little sparks, they will do the rest for you. They're going to lead you to the right places. You don't have to worry when you're plugged into yourself because the path will be shown. It's harder when we're trying to plug into other people because all of a sudden it's really foggy and there's no, no clear path. Date yourself, experiment with yourself, you will find yourself and you'll find your partner too. Yeah, that is really true. I think with, you know, those little sparks that we Mm -hmm. get, if we're not tuned into ourselves and we're not listening to those, then we're not going to be aware of the steps that we should be taking in our life, even to fulfill our own happiness. We just, Mm -hmm. we we will be oblivious to them or whenever we dampen them down in order Mm -hmm. to fit in with society or to Mm -hmm. fit in with family. And um, I always think, you know, we need to be in a position where we are really comfortable with ourselves, where we can go into a restaurant or a cafe you know go for a walk sit and read a book in public do whatever Mm -hmm. it needs to be done really in order to fulfill our own needs and to you know fulfill ourselves. because 
if we're unable to be happy by ourselves and content in our own little bubble and able to entertain ourselves, whether it's through a TED talk or a book or, Mm -hmm. you know, going to a restaurant, cooking cooking a new recipe, we're always going to be seeking somebody out of necessity rather than out of desire like it's always going to be that we need to have that person or we need to have a person and that always leads not always but it has the chance to lead to the wrong person rather than the right person and the right connection for us yeah absolutely and I I think it's important if you find someone who makes you feel a type of way and you really love how they make you feel but they're not the healthiest for you Ask yourself, what is it that they're allowing me to feel and how can I conjure up that emotion within myself? What are they showing to me about me? If they Mm -hmm. are maybe really unhealthy, so they have these ups and downs, but it's exciting to you, there are other ways to get excitement out of your life than having an unhealthy connection. You can have excitement by trying new things. You can have excitement by you know, jumping out of an airplane, but it doesn't need to be an unhealthy connection that's maybe borderline verbally abusive, etc. So figuring out, hmm, what is the emotion that is so desirable to me that this person brings out in me? Okay, writing a list of things I can do that are going to allow me to feel that within myself, things I can take full responsibility over things I can sign up for. I can bring myself because then we notice, okay, I don't need other people to feel, make me feel this way. I have steps. I have ways I can make myself feel this way. And that I think cancels out the necessity. Yeah. And of course we, we do have this need for intimacy. You know, it's a Mm -hmm. human, it is a human requirement. Mm -hmm. And in a way I often think, oh, it is cruel to deprive ourselves even of like Mm -hmm. sexual intimacy, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, connect with yourself. Like uh, so many, so many women don't even know how to get themselves off. Like what Mm -hmm. feels good, Mm -hmm. you know, in bed sexually. And unless we spend the time with ourselves, Mm -hmm. like we're not really even going to know how to spend that time with a partner and how we want to be pleased in the mm-hmm. bedroom never never mind like uh, other parts of our life as well mm-hmm. and romantically and another thing that I always try to encourage people to do is to be aware that actually this can take a long time you know mm-hmm. and this isn't going to be like oh you take yourself off for two weeks and mm-hmm. you return and you're ready you know you're ready to meet your soulmate or you're ready to meet your person this can take years you know mm-hmm. it can be a long time to go on that healing journey and get in touch with yourself and figure yourself out and get comfortable with all of these things and I know that that can be really challenging and difficult to hear when you when you're in that position where you want to meet somebody and your heart is calling out for you know to have the love of someone else but actually what your heart is probably telling you is that it needs your love Mm -hmm. like it needs you to love you as much as what you're hoping somebody else will and I can promise that if you focus on yourself that something amazing will come out the other end and you will be so grateful that you've spent that but it is quite challenging whenever you're entering in on that path or you're on that path and you're thinking oh my gosh I can't see a light at the end of the tunnel am I ever going to have the chance to meet someone Mm-hmm. But until we're in a position, I think, where we're okay being by ourselves, 
we we're just we're, we're we're at danger of choosing the wrong person for the wrong reasons yeah and i think that a lot of us get stuck in our own head because we're trying to be perfectly in love with ourselves or perfectly putting ourselves first you don't need to always have it at a hundred percent 70 percent is enough 70 percent of you focusing on yourself is enough you're never going to be this perfect version of whatever you think perfection is it's not going to always look like what you think it's going to look like healing is messy so it's probably going to feel a little messy too And for example, when I realigned with my current partner again and we reconnected and had that conversation of, okay, are we both ready to take this seriously again? I wasn't in a perfect state, neither was he, but we were in a better state where we knew how to put both of our needs first rather than being codependent on one another. Yeah. So don't get in your own head and think, I have to be this perfect so meticulous with every single thing I do. It's never going to look like that, most likely. But 70%, if you can just refocus on you, baby steps, one little thing at a time, one day at a time, everything will unfold for you. And the more you tap into you, the easier it's going to be to really attract your soulmates because they are operating at a similar frequency as you when you're both tapped into your authentic frequency. And absolutely acknowledging that, like I said before, we are these social animals, these social beings. We want we want humans in our life and we want that connection and we want that intimacy and we all deserve it. And it's really about unraveling all of who we are not so that we can have a connection that we really, truly love and desire rather than connecting with people who are more in alignment with our false self rather than our authentic self. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Well, it has been absolutely amazing having you on the show. I've really enjoyed this conversation. How can people find you online? I am at Vibin with CC. It's V-I-B-I-N with C-I-I-C-I-I on Instagram and TikTok. I have a 21-day breakup glow up challenge. I have Divine Feminine workbooks if anyone is interested in stepping and embodying into their Divine Feminine energy. I also have a Calling Your Power Back workbook, and that is for when you're dating, understanding the subtle energy forms. Are you energetically chasing? Because that's going to repel a lot of other people, not because... It's about you. It's about what you're doing with your energy. So Instagram is the best place to find all of that. And I also have a podcast called That Bitch is Positive. Bitch stands for babe in total connection with herself. Obviously, I'm a little obsessed with that. Um, Very much. (laughs) Get connected here now. Um, But yeah, all of my links are in my bio on Instagram. That's brilliant. Well, look, Cece, thank you so much. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited. I, I'm so pleased that we've had the chance to put this together today. And then everybody can benefit. I think there's a lot of really important stuff in here that can help people along their journey. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. I love your energy. This was so calming and relaxing and like a chit chat. I loved it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you're able to, please rate the show or leave feedback on your chosen podcast player. You can also visit the podcast website. Simply head across to thehappypsychic.show and you can also find me on the socials by searching for at Gemma Lonsdale Guru.